Welcome to Grad School, the Bruce Gradkowski Podcast. Upping your football knowledge. Class is now in session. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's just exciting football's back, I'll tell you that. But I got a heck of a story for you, and, and I probably shouldn't share it, but, you know, I really don't care. So the other night, my wife and I, we're going to watch a movie, right? And uh, we're in the basement, put a movie on. But meanwhile, we have a mouse in the house that we need to try to trap. So we set a mouse trap in my office, which is in the basement. And because the little mouse is shit on my desk a few times, so we figure let's put the mouse trap there. We set the mouse trap up. We watch our movie. During the movie, we hear something, right? Well, I think it's the dog upstairs, but we keep hearing hearing some rattling around. So it's in the office. So my wife's like, go check, go see. I'm like, heck no, I don't want to see what that is. I don't know if it's going to be a rat or a mouse. I don't know how big it is. So she goes in and and she's like, I can't see it. Your Steelers helmet's in the way. So we both kind of go in and we're trying to peek around the Steelers helmet. And I can't see, you know, through the face mask or, or in the ear hole of the Steelers helmet. And then all of a sudden I see a tail hanging out. And I'm like, ugh. It's moving around. Well, then we see that the mouse trap only had the mouse by like the arm. So it was only ha- not even half in. And we're like, shoot, what do we do? So my wife runs upstairs. She gets a vacuum cleaner and tries to suck the mouse. She's thinking we're going to suck the mouse with it. I empty the garbage can um, from my office. And the garbage can is, you know, a small one. And it's. It's got, it's like metal with, um, you know, holes on, around the side. So it's like a net garbage can. So it's not all, you know, closed in, but it's closed in enough, right? So I go to try to trap the mouse with the garbage can and it falls on the ground now by, by the chair and it's like wiggling around. So finally I trap it. We trap it. We flip the garbage upside down. So now I have the mouse in the bar- bottom of the garbage can with a piece of paper on top holding it in there. And it's still connected to the mousetrap a little bit. So I'm standing on the steps thinking, what do I do with this thing? How do I get rid of it? Can I just throw the whole thing in the garbage, but yet it's still alive? Do I just dump it in the yard? I don't want my dog to eat it. So as I'm standing there trying to make this decision, and I'm glad I was a little more decisive on the football field than I was last night, because the damn thing unhooks off the mousetrap and starts running up the garbage can. So I drop the garbage can. The mouse falls out, scrambles underneath my wife's leg. She jumps. It sprints under the couch. Now we're like, ugh. Now my wife's like, I'm not finishing this movie. Then I see the mouse like run behind the stone fireplace. So I'm like, oh my gosh. We had it. It was so frustrating. It's like 11 o'clock at night. You just want to finish the movie, go to bed. We ended up, we ended up finishing the movie. What would you have done? Would you have uh, stayed downstairs with the mouse not knowing where it was, if it was underneath the couch that you were sitting on watching the movie? Or uh, would you have just called it quits and and called it a night? Well, we finished the movie, keeping our eyes and ears wide open for that little critter, and we did not see it. So bring us to... um, you know, today we have a bunch of mouse traps trap set up. I was YouTubing it all day. I mean, man, YouTube's awesome. You can find so many, so much stuff out on YouTube. So I set out 
four different type of mouse traps in all areas of the basement, and one is a five gallon bucket half filled with water with a bridge across it, a plank of wood leading up to the bridge with peanut butter on the bridge, and the bridge actually rolls. So if the mouse steps on it, tries to eat, boom, it'll fall right in the water. So I'm hoping that works. It's a YouTube video. I'm trusting YouTube. This guy caught 11 mice by this trap. So who knows? I hope it works. But, you know, my wife's like, will you be the man of the house and go get this, you know, mouse? And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't care. You could be the man of the house. I'm not touching that thing. But uh, that was our that's been our fun this past weekend. And um, now our kids are all into it. Lily's five, Roman's three, Lincoln's one. So Lily and Roman are super into it. They're watching the YouTube videos with me, trying to figure out how we could catch this this uh, mouse. And Roman, the three-year-old, he's like, Daddy, I'm going to get my bat, and I'm just going to beat it. I was like, cool, get your bat. And then he said, we're going to tie it up to the, the playhouse, and we're going to tie it tight, and then we're just going to feed it cheese. <laughs> And then Lily's, you know, putting some of her traps together. So it's been very entertaining in the Gredkowski household trying to catch this uh, mouse. And they say when there's one, there's others. So who knows? I'll keep you guys posted on how many we end up catching. And if I'm the one that ends up trying to throw these things away once, once they are caught. But a good weekend again of football. I think a lot of action going on. And and I want to start with the Jets and Sam Darnold. I think the guy's playing solid. I think he, you know, he had an opportunity to start the football game. He played well. I know he threw an interception. There are some things that continue to get better at, but it was a game, you know, it was a game. I mean, these things happen. There's ups, there's downs. But he's he's consistent. I mean, he's gonna make the plays when the plays are there. He's gonna make good decisions with a football. He's moved around in the pocket very well, avoided some sacks that he could avoid and thrown the ball away when he has to. He's just playing uh, better than a rookie, so that it's cool to see. But also on the other side of things, man, and I just posted a video to, to my Twitter of Teddy Bridgewater because Teddy Bridgewater has been very impressive, and you can't discount what he's doing. I mean, he's been playing very well in the preseason, and this past game, um, he, you know, he was 10 of 15, 127 yards, one touchdown, one interception, you know, last week, seven to eight, 85 yards in a touchdown. I just think Bridgewater's very consistent right now. And I know everyone's talking about he's on the training blocks. I'm not sure, man, if, if I'm the jets, if I'm running the jets right now, I know Josh McCown is, is just an awesome pro. The guy's such a good dude, and uh, he's a great coach, mentor. He's a great quarterback. He's had an awesome career. But I think as you go through it, you know, the future, I'm not sure that I would keep Darnold in Bridgewater because now you're planning for the long-term future. Now, if, if Bridgewater wants to stay there and be the backup, but now you got two legitimate guys. I mean, injuries happen all the time around the NFL, and I'd rather have – two young studs at quarterback that I can know and trust to, to go along in the future with. Because, you know, Josh McCown, I mean, this might be his last year. We never know. So, I mean, or you just keep all three guys and you roll with it. 
But I just think the, the both of them are playing very well right now, and it's it's cool to see. And maybe you, you know, and if I'm the Jets, I mean, I think you do start Darnold because you're going to live and die with the ups and downs and being a rookie guy and making mistakes and, and making some good plays. But he has the moxie, the the attitude, the poise in the pocket to get it done. So I, th- I think he's been playing well. I think a, a few things. He even said it himself. He, he wished he would have made a few different protection calls. And against the Redskins, they gave him some good looks. I mean, and the Jets were going a lot of no-back formations. So it's an empty backfield set. So you only have the five offensive linemen protecting you. So sometimes you have to try to see where the blitz is coming from because if they bring, you know, an extra guy, a sixth rusher, you know, so if they blitz two, you got your four down defensive linemen. If they bring two other guys, now you're going to be hot. So you have to understand that. And I think a few times Darnold wishes wishes he would have slid to protection one way or another. But those are things that he's going to continue to learn and grow. And knowing Sam Darnold, if it happens to him once, he's not going to let it happen again. So those are things he'll definitely learn from this Redskins game. I want to go now to to the Browns. The Browns and the Bills, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, they dueled it out. Uh, it was a, a good game to watch because I was able to watch both rookies at the same time. And Mayfield's playing solid. I mean, last week he, he really came with it. I think he played uh, sharp. And then this week, though, the thing that impressed me with Mayfield, and maybe the numbers all aren't there, but is it's just his poise in the pocket once again. I mean, that's that's what's really um, impressing me with Mayfield is his poise in the pocket. He's getting through his progressions, and he's finding his second, third receiver. Even after, I mean, he's he's outlasting his progressions in the pocket because he's standing in there and you know the the plays are covered up but he's still staying in the pocket letting his guys uncover which is cool to see and that's not easy to do so the the poise he has in the pocket and the subtle movements to just avoid rushers and keep your eyes downfield and still deliver a good accurate football for a first down he did that numerous times and and I posted that to my Twitter or I'm about to I forget which one, but he's been very impressive, I I feel like, in the pocket. I mean, the guy is just like Darnold. I feel like they're the next level as far as their poise. I mean, all these young rookies actually are looking pretty darn good and very ahead of the curve, I might say. I know it's just the preseason, and once the regular season starts, you know, it, you know, it really heightens up, too, and the speed really picks up. I remember my rookie year. Um, one of the first games I played in, you know, I got took that hit to the chin, busting my chin open my rookie uh, season in, in the preseason I met. And um, and then the regular season starts, and it gets that much faster. I'm standing there against Ray Lewis and, and uh, Terrell Suggs scrambling around the edge, and I get I initially get under center, and I'm it's a fourth quarter. We're playing the um, Baltimore Ravens. And I'm on the sideline, right? I'll back it up. I'll start where I should have. I'm on the sideline, backing up Chris Sims. He's the starter for Tampa Bay, and we're playing the Baltimore Ravens. Well, we're getting blown out. I think this is week one of my rookie year. We're getting blown out. It's like, you know, 26-6 to six or 26 nothing. 
And I look at Tim Rattay, the third-string quarterback, and I say, hey, how's the NFL work? Like, do they put their subs in at any point? And Rattay's like, nah, don't worry about it. You're not going to play. Well, of course, next thing you know, Gruen goes, hey, Bruce, you're in. I'm like, oh, shit. So I go get my helmet, go into the game. First play, I'm lined up under center, and right across from me is is Ray Lewis. And I'm like, damn. I mean, he's not that big. You know, I'm thinking the dude's going to be 6'5", just monstrous. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm looking at him eye to eye. I mean, yeah, he's jacked up, but he's not that big. Well, and then the ball snapped. Next thing you know, I'm sprinting around the edge. I got Terrell Suggs chasing me, and that dude was scary. But that was a welcome to the NFL moment for me. So these young rookies, they'll hit it. They'll see it. I think they're doing a fantastic job right now early on, still only the second preseason week underway. And the third preseason game, a lot of the starters play most of the game. It'll go into the third quarter with with a lot of the starters. I mean, you saw Tom Brady this week. Tom Brady threw 26 passes and played a whole first half of the game. Is that dumb or what? what? I mean, what do you guys think? You think Brady should still be playing uh, that much out there? Was Bill Belichick that pissed off to lose into the Eagles that he had to keep his starters in there that long? Uh, 19, Brady, 19-26, 172 yards, two touchdowns. Now, the thing I think about is the Patriots, you have to love it because – they really don't care who you are. It's This is their procedure and process that it doesn't matter who you are. We play starters this amount of time in the first game, this amount of time in the second game, third game, fourth game. That's how it goes. And Bill Belichick doesn't care, and I respect him for that because watch how the Patriots start the season. They're going to start in rhythm. I mean, you could look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Roethlisberger hasn't sniffed the field yet in the preseason and the third preseason game whole he might get a quarter of the game action if not just like a a couple series and the Steelers tend to start off off the season very slow so now I mean what what's the happy medium I mean would you rather you, you guys are the fan you know your fans out there heavy fans to your hometown team would you rather see Brady playing a f- whole first half of a preseason game to get in rhythm and start fast in week one, risking injury, or not even play a down in the preseason, but you at least know you're going to have him week one in the in the regular season? I mean, you look at Ben, he's not going to play much at all in the preseason, um, but then he's going to, you know, maybe you risk st- him starting s- slow in the during the regular season. So it's a give or take. I mean, I think injuries are injuries, and they're going to happen one way or another. You really can't hide from them. But I I do understand maybe trying to save it for the regular season. But um, it's interesting how these coaches play it. Some coaches are heavy into the preseason, and they care that their starters get a lot of reps, and other coaches really don't care how much their starters play. And I see it both ways. You know, I've been on part of teams that they don't need to see much of you. You're a veteran. You've been around. And other teams, you have to prove it year in and year out. And, um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. I want to keep an eye on that, though, how these teams start out during the the first week of the season and how they played their starters uh, before that. I want to look at uh, Josh Allen, you know, sticking with that Buffalo game. I know I jumped around a little bit. Buffalo Browns. 
Josh Allen played well, 9 of 13, 60 yards as a touchdown. But what impressed me with Josh Allen, it's not his numbers, but it's just his natural feel to make plays. And that's stuff you cannot coach. He naturally makes plays out there. And I saw that a lot in this football game. I saw him using the hard count, his cadence, trying to get the defense to jump off sides, getting the defense to move to see what play he needs to get into. He did a very good job with that. I saw him execute a good two-minute drive at the end of the first half. He knew the situation. He knew he got tackled in bounds, that he had to hurry up, line up, clock the clock the ball, spike the ball to be able to save it for a field goal. So a few heads-up plays Josh Allen make, made, and, and those natural plays of him just moving in the pocket, he's going to make those for you. Now, he's not always in rhythm going through his progressions, but – he does have that side that you cannot coach the playmaking ability. And, and I said it on Twitter, BGradkowski5, I'm, I'm showing the videos because it was very impressive to me, his natural feel. And that stuff you can't coach. That stuff Ben has, Aaron Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, Phillip Rivers. You see these franchise quarterbacks that are successful and watch them in the course of a game. It's not always going to be the right play called. They're extending plays in the pocket. They're letting the receivers get open. Receivers are even buying more time to separate after their initial route. They might be covered up, but the poise of a Ben Roethlisberger in the pocket, Antonio Brown knows he has some time to work to get open, and that's a lot of times on those third third and longs that they're able to convert because of that poise in the pocket. And that's what I've seen from Mayfield as well, and Josh Allen brings that. But also in Buffalo, I'll tell you what, I know um, A.J. McCarron got hurt. I'm not even quite sure A.J. McCarron was was in it the way Nathan Peterman's been playing. He was 8 of 10, 113 yards and a touchdown. Nathan Peterman's been playing pretty well. And I know he started off his first start, start last season with, I think it was five interceptions. Rough way to start, but the guy... Has a lot of upside. I like Nathan Peterman. I was a fan of his coming out from University of Pitt. But I, I, I don't see how you don't start Josh Allen because of the upside. I mean, let him let him learn by from experience. Let him get out there and learn from experience. If not, I wouldn't be surprised if they stuck with Nathan Peterman to start the season off and really let Josh Allen be chomping at the bit to get out there. So that's another one to keep your eyes on in in Buffalo. And now Arizona. I want to talk about Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen is a smooth operator. I was very impressed watching him, and I actually enjoyed watching him. I wanted to watch him longer because of the way the guy operates. He's very smooth with his footwork, his release, his timing, his accuracy in the pocket, Very smooth. A lot of play action passes. He's in rhythm, throwing it on time. One of the plays I showed on Twitter is he uh, a safety was coming down in the box, and they had a run called to the left, and the safety was coming down. Josh Rosen rose up and threw it to his right to his X receiver on like a one stop one step hitch. He threw it out there. That's a heads up play. That's the next level of. You have a run play called. If it's not the premier look, you have to throw it to your ex-receiver. And that's Josh Rosen taking a step 
in the right direction mentally. And that's what we knew Josh Rosen had coming out of college, that he was mentally prepared for this. And I think with uh, offense coordinator Mike McCoy and quarterback coach Byron Leftwich, they just do a, a great job with Rosen. And uh, he was 10 to 16, 107 yards and one touchdown. And I think Rosen, to me this week, impressed me the most out of the rookie quarterbacks because he just looked the part. It was one of those things Darnold went through last week where they were in the red zone, got a couple penalties, moved them back, kept pushing them back, pushing them back, and he still ended up throwing a touchdown pass. This was Darnold last week, and Rosen did the exact same thing this week. And that's overcoming adversity. That's continuing to play the next play, having a short-term memory, and just reacting and playing the next play. And that's what Rosen did. And that was very impressive to me. I like the way he was um, going through his progressions, putting the ball in the right spot. And if you watch him, he's getting the ball out on time. And a lot of times in this last preseason game, he was getting hit right after he threw it. And that just shows his timing's very good because in the NFL – you, you get back to your drop, you take one hit, you get the ball out of your hands. If not, you're most likely you're going to take a sack. And that's also showing with him getting the ball out on time like that, it's hard to get you put, put pressure on a quarterback that gets the ball out of his hands so quick. I mean, you look at Tom Brady, he's always getting the ball out of his hands quick. Drew Brees does a great job with that as well. Ben Roethlisberger, the older he gets these last couple of years, been doing a fantastic job of – getting the ball out of his hands, knowing where his receivers are at, and and getting into the right play. In Pittsburgh, I mean, talking about Roethlisberger, he hasn't played yet in the preseason. He'll play a little bit um, in this third preseason game. I thought Mason Rudolph looked okay. I mean, he got the start for the Steelers' first play, pick six, and that's always tough. I mean, it was um, a hitch route he was throwing. and We called it, I think it was a hunt route. I think the receiver's supposed to go eight, nine yards. He cut a little short. Rudolph, you know, was doing his drop to a nine-yard route. The corner bit on it, pick six. But what coaches want to see? I mean, honestly, I bet Tomlin was hoping for something like that to happen because you want to see the reaction. How does Rudolph react? Does he go into the dumps? Does he start making more and more mistakes after one mistake, or does he forget about it? Does he have that short-term memory? Does he bounce back? And that's what Rudolph did. I mean, it was 5 of 12, 47 yards, a touchdown interception. But after that interception, he came back. They go down the field and score. So that was good to see. I mean, that's, that's what I like to see is can they overcome that adversity? And Rudolph did that. And But, you know, Dobbs has been playing well, you know, playing pretty good. I don't think they make the move where they they keep Dobbs around because I just think um, Landry has the most experience as a backup. So if something really did happen, who are you confident to run the show? I mean, I think Dobbs and Rudolph are doing well. I don't think Rudolph's ready to be the backup. And do they trust, trust Dobbs enough to be the backup if something were to go down? Dobbs was 12-18, 192 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, Dobbs had some great playmakers out there with him with uh, James Washington, five receptions, 114 yards, two touchdowns. And if you saw my Twitter, I was showing the reception of him going up and just mossing people. And that's what you do, though. I had a lot of kickback on Twitter saying, 
Dobbs shouldn't have thrown that ball, but absolutely he should have thrown that ball. It was man-to-man coverage, a single high safety, one safety. Your receivers outside are one-on-one. James Washington was running what we call a shake route. It's a post-corner route to the back pylon. Yes, Dobbs threw it a little short, but when you have a receiver like James Washington that you trust and know he's going to go up and make a play, at least not let the, the defender intercept the football, you take a shot. And Dobbs was probably coached that way as well, and he, he took a shot. He trusted his wide receiver. I thought that was a good decision because Steeler fans, you see it. I mean, you're celebrating those touchdowns. Um, so I thought Dobbs has done a good job. I mean, we'll see Landry Jones and Ben Roethlisberger next week. We'll probably see a lot more of Landry Jones. I don't even know if uh, Rudolph or Dobbs will play next week, all depending. But um, And then Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is going to play Monday Night Football. This podcast is going to be out before them. But what I'm looking for, Lamar Jackson, continuing to, to, to get the ball out on time. I want to see him making decisions after the snap, not pre-snap decisions. And what I mean by that is, before the ball is snapped from the center, I want to see him make adjustments after he gets the ball from center. So making his reads. A lot of RPOs they ran last week, run pass options. I feel like he was predeterminate before he had the ball in his hands of what he was going to do. And with those RPOs, you have to react off what the defense does after the snap of the ball. And a lot of times, that's being able to keep your eyes downfield and knowing what is your read. Who are you reading? The linebacker, the safety, the defensive end. It changes a lot of times. So that's what I'm looking for, Lamar Jackson. It'll be, it, be, it will be good to see and uh, good to keep an eye on. A lot of things going on. A lot of, you know, Adrian Peterson, he's visiting the Redskins, um, you know, We'll keep an eye on that. Jay Gruden said they weren't going to sign a veteran running back. But, hey, if Adrian Peterson's on the street, that's Adrian Peterson. I want to take a look at the guy, even just to see him in shorts run around with his buys and tries sticking out of his shirt. That dude's jack. You know, this helmet roll, this helmet roll, I just I don't care for it. I understand I respect them trying to protect the players, and by all means I want that to happen. But I'm just worried this is going to just, it's too, it's not black and white. I mean, these refs are going to call whenever they think. And with the with the speed of the game and how fast these guys are, how hard they hit, and then how fast you have to react and call the flag if you're the ref, it's just, it's really hard to call. So I would love to see if they're going to stick with this, that they have someone up in the booth or even in New York that can, uh, take that flag back if the ref saw it a different way. Because a lot of these hits, look, I want these guys protected. I don't think we need a lot of headshots or helmets down. You got to keep your eyes up. You have to slip the head to the side, hit with the shoulder pads. And there were some clean hits that actually were flagged. And that's what I just worry about. Because I don't like when refs call plays that are going to determine the outcome of the game. Let the guys on the field determine the outcome. And that's the only reason, that's the only concern I have with this role is that the refs, 
know when to call it and when not to call it, and they call it appropriately. I'm all for protecting the players, but I'm I'm not for a rule that's going to be very hard to call, and you're just maybe guessing when to call it. And I'm ho- I'm hoping it's just a preseason that they're trying to throw more and more flags to make teams and players more aware and talk about it in their in their locker room. So they're raising awareness right now of tackling the right way, keeping your head up, not leading with your head offensively and defensively. Hopefully they're just really on it this preseason and um, it hopefully won't be too bad once the season starts. So, um, yeah, so we'll we'll see what ends up with that. But a lot of action this week. Um, I'll keep you guys posted. Might have some uh, big news to announce to you later on in the week. I will keep you posted and and I will keep you posted more importantly on that mouse. If we catch it, when we catch it, and how many we catch. And also, if I'm the one that uh, is taking it off the trap or throwing it away. Um, so if any of you know anyone that are good with uh, of catching mice, please let me know. I need all the help I could get. But you guys go kick ass this week. Have a good week. And uh, until next time, grad school. Later.